In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So if I was to ask you a silly question, I think it's silly because, to me, the answer is really simple. All right, why is this guy hanging on a cross? The reason why I ask this question is because ages ago when I was at St. Thomas, we used to have regularly students from different schools that used to come and do different trips and different visits. And I remember throughout the years, I remember a Jewish teacher asking that question because she didn't know the answer. There was also a young kid, and I don't know why, he's never seen a, a cross, and he asked the same question, he was actually kind of scared. And the third person actually wasn't asking the question, was making a statement, it was a Christian who doesn't like the idea of uh, having an image of Jesus crucified. So she asked the question, why do you have this guy hanging on, a, you know, on the cross? So why do we have? It's an easy answer. History, knowledge, we know. That's how the Romans executed people, and we know about this guy named Jesus. That hung on a cross. Good. Everybody go home. But is that it? So the question now goes a little bit deeper. Why do you believe in a guy that's hanging on a cross? Because when you don't have the eyes of faith, it doesn't make sense at all. This is the issue that we have with this great Pharisee. This Pharisee, this teacher, he knows the law, he studied the law, he's an expert on the law. He's one of the higher-ups. And it's interesting that he comes to Jesus, and he comes to Jesus, specifically it says, at night. Because this guy will come to other times. Actually, this guy will, will appear to other times. One other time is when Jesus was... Well, they were preparing to kill Jesus, and they had sent some soldiers, the Jewish leaders, and they came back without arresting Jesus. Now, why didn't you, why didn't you bring him? I uh, never heard of anybody preach like that. And it was Nicodemus hiding, kind of, his admiration for Jesus. Was saying, well, you know, the law says you shouldn't do this in right and wrong and whatever. Do you know when the last time Nicodemus appears in the Gospels? Very interesting. Is when was Jesus taken down from the cross. When Jesus was taken down from the cross... Two guys took him and actually anointed him for his burial. A man by the name of Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. And it specifically says, the one who came to see Jesus at night. Oh boy, here we go again. It's almost like they're embarrassing him or John the Gospel writer. But he's not. Here's a problem. When at night actually symbolizes not just coming in at night, but I don't see the light. And I'm having a hard time seeing the light because I'm having a hard time living in the Spirit. And this is why Jesus comes in and says, well, yeah, well, you know, uh, Nicodemus comes and says, you can't be doing this unless you're sent from God. He says, amen, you need to be born again. <clears throat> this, this line has been used and abused many times. One way to look at it is you need to live in the Spirit, even in the struggle in this physical world, you need to look deeper into what this world is all about. 
You need to have the spirit working with the body. Nicodemus didn't get it. You got to be born again. You got to go back to my mother's womb. The guy's old. I'm guessing his mother's dead. Figure that one out. And Jesus is just looking at him, shaking his head. He's trying to live a spiritual life as a Jewish leader. But he's having a hard time doing it because he's all entrenched in the physical. He's having a hard time understanding the two coming together. So Jesus then goes a little bit deeper. Unless you're born of water and spirit. All right. Born of water. There were no baptisms back then, but the Jews did have this purification rite that they used water. Interesting. Now Jesus is bringing out, look, there is these elements that we can use, but these elements are deeper. Because there is this element of this guy, and the element is deeper. This isn't just a regular guy. We're not just hanging any guy. It's almost like telling the kids, if you don't be good, that's what's going to happen to you. This isn't a punishment. But through the eyes of faith, we see something greater. We see something deeper. We see something awesome. Not just what we did to him. By the way, we actually have the greatest embarrassment in the history of mankind. We killed God who came to save us. We attacked him. And St. Peter, will, a couple of days later, will talk about it and talk about you, by our sins, committed this evil. I don't want to get into that. It's a different story. So this is our greatest embarrassment in all history. But this is also our greatest triumph in all of history, not because of us. And that's the key. And that's the key that Jesus was trying to get to Nicodemus. That's the key that needs to be asked for all of us. Do we look at the world and this physical world through the eyes of grace? Because to answer the question, what will allow Nicodemus to see what the whole thing is about the cross? And it's interesting that Jesus will start giving a story. You might have heard of the story during the time of Moses. They started going against God. They started to sin. And God sent these serpents. And these serpents started killing them, biting them, hurting them. And the people said, oh, we, we screwed up, we screwed up, we're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry. And by the way, there's a very strong hint that they were actually worshipping serpents. Interesting. The very thing that they worship bit them. That's according to some of the studies. But isn't it interesting that God tells Moses, okay, I'll stop the serpents from coming. No. Build one out of bronze. Uh, that's a pagan symbol. That's the very thing that they were worshipping. God says, no. The very sin will become their healing. The very sin that we've committed will become our healing. The very source of evil, by grace, by God, is now changed into a source of grace, of life, of strength, of faith, even if others come and look and go, oh boy, something's gone wrong, of 
They don't have the eyes of faith because we're still hanging him now 2,000 years later. I, I remember as a, a middle school kid, I was wearing my first communion cross. Somebody came to me and said, why do you carry an image of a dead man around you, your neck? And I, I actually got angry. Because how dare you say that? But then I got angry at myself. I didn't have an answer. I ran away. And that's the very big question that was asked. It's very interesting that the same kid who asked that question years later committed suicide. Very interesting. But, God rest his soul. Thing is, God isn't here to condemn, but he's here to heal. He's here to strengthen. He's here to take, and this is difficult for us to understand, to take our sin and to change it into grace. But the very nature of grace that's been given to us needs to be, needs to be nurtured by our belief. The grace is there. The strength is there. The power is there. But do we want to put it into use? Do we want him to heal us? That would mean certain sacrifices, I'm sorry, certain vices, certain things we need to struggle with, and the very nature of struggle is good. So for example, some people struggle with ongoing sins. Lord, I want to get rid of this. Amen. Keep working on it. Some people feel guilty to receive communion because of their struggle. Don't. This is Jesus saying, come to me and I will heal you. It might take some time. It might take a year. It might take a lifetime. Come to me. So let me ask the same question, but in a different way. Why do we celebrate around a piece of bread? No, the answer is easy. Historically, Last Supper, Passover, Jesus took bread, and that's why we celebrate it. What's the real answer? What's the answer of faith? That Jesus is still with us? That we still celebrate the passion, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus? That Jesus is not only present to us 2,000 years later, but he still comes to us to say, I want to heal you. I want to open up your eyes. I'm tired of you living in the dark, coming to me at night. I want to be your light. I want you to see things a little bit different. I want you to be happy. I want you to be at peace. I want you to be forgiven. I want you to live in glory. That's why when we are celebrating this 40th anniversary of our diocese, it's a celebration of the 40th anniversary of our faith. That's why we're trying to get the people to come, see Jesus, feel Jesus, adore Jesus, receive Jesus, praise Jesus, love Jesus, be thankful to Jesus. Because he is our all in all. Isn't it interesting that Jesus says, unless you're born of water and spirit. What was he talking about water? Baptism. And in baptism, it's all the sacraments. And what about the spirit? It's not just receiving, but living, growing, 
and building. So as we come together, we're in a very profound way celebrate our life, our history, our faith, or else everything that we do is ridiculous. Tomorrow we're going to start a three-day fast. Our stomachs are going to say, I'm hungry. Our spirits are going to say, I know, just wait. It's a sacrifice towards a goal. Not only remembering, but also asking for refreshment, uh, renewal, restrengthening. See, these are goals of the spirit. Body doesn't understand it. But in everything, whether we do it in spirit and manifest it in the body or not, we do it all for the greater glory of God. And for that, we always proclaim and say, Blessed be the name of Jesus, both now and forever. Amen.